see if it's gonna record. It is recording! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Thank goodness. everybody welcome to the woo la podcast uh otherwise known as the right out of la podcast i am big al robinson aka the list man and i can be found at twitter at al rob underscore mn so it's robin Wright. you can find me at right out of la.com and the at twitter it's the same at right out of la I'm Julia. You can find me on Twitter at reality underscore diva one. Hello, guys. I'm Joelle. I can be found at Twitter by at Joe M underscore one three six. All right. So what we're going to do here tonight um, is we're going to talk a couple movies we've seen recently uh, without trying to spoil anything as best we can. Plenty of new stuff's come out. It's been a good start to the year, I think. So, yeah, we're going to talk some films here tonight, and then we are going to do our, our main uh, thing tonight that we're going to be doing is uh, we're finally ready to talk about our uh, best of the year for 2016, uh, at least for some of the major categories. Um, and the reason why we're now doing it in April is because I wanted to make sure that uh, I was able to see everything because a lot of them I missed in the theater, and I wanted to wait and catch them on like iTunes or Blu-ray or even Netflix in some instances and stuff like that. And yeah. so we are finally ready to do ours. I just saw Beauty and the Beast uh, last Saturday. Excellent. Amazing movie. Love, 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 love Emma Watson as Belle. She was perfectly cast. Whoever played Beast, meh, okay. It was more about the makeup for the Beast anyway. <laughs> but yeah, the movie itself was fantastic. It's, I mean, it's going to be up it's going to be up there for like best hairstyle and makeup, best costume design. I think it has a, a, ch- a chance at production design. I mean, it was beautifully shot. Beautifully. How was the exclusively gay moment? Blake, <laughs> and you missed it. Exclusively <laughs> gay moments. <laughs> Seriously. Like, okay, so it's LeFou and this other guy. Who, okay, slight spoiler for those of you who haven't seen it. LeFou and this other guy dance at the very end of the movie. And it is literally, you look at the screen. If you are not looking up in the moment that they dance, you are not going to see it. That is how quick it is. So this no, exclusively no. gay moment stuff is bullshit. So, yeah. So yeah. it's no, no, no nudity then. <laughs> but yeah otherwise loved it highly recommend it go out and see it if you haven't seen it yet how was the music oh i would say they have uh, two new songs for this movie that are exclusively for this movie 
everything else is directly from the animated film. I was standing mm. along to everything. And Be Our Guest was, like, RuPaul's Dre Grace on acid. So I got a quick question. Do you think that they should have dubbed uh, Emma, Emma Watson and any the other no. amateur singers? No, I don't think so. And Emma Watson is a okay singer. She's not the greatest. But I think she did a good enough job. And the, the mm-hmm. guy who played Beast is actually a really good singer. He had a solo song, which Beast didn't have his own song in the animated movie. So that was pretty cool. But yeah, go see it, please. Oh, go, go. Okay, I'll go now. See you soon. <laughs> well, not now, Robin, not now. <laughs> yeah, you're a little busy. <laughs> well, I went to see, like, uh, two weeks ago, I went to see Logan. I went to see Get Out and Split. But I'm going to let Split to the to, to the end of the segment because I think Julia saw it too and you saw it too all. Yep. So, Robin, did you did you watch that yeah, one? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we can talk about that one in the end, so because it's, that's the one that yeah. I, every one of us watch. Well, about Get Out and Logan. Let me talk about Logan first. That's the best Wolverine movie ever, you know, because in, you know that that Wolverine has a few hiccups in the making, you know. X Men Origins Wolverine is a shithole, you know. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but this one is, is is it's it's very epic, you know. It's 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 a western, I think. Uh, it's it's a very good western, uh, very good written drama, very well acted by Hugh Jackman, Patrick Stewart, and this girl who came out of nowhere because I haven't seen her before, Daphne Keane, who is at at uh, at twenty three, the the like a copy of. Wolverine, mm-hmm. she's yeah. amazing in that role. That that girl stole the show from Hughes and Patrick, even though they have uh, really good scenes. But that that girl is 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 the this this the I, how do I say it? the soul of the movie. So okay. so yeah, go watch it. Uh, it's amazing. How was the violence? Because it's R rated, right? Yes, very violent. A uh, lot of lots of blood. Uh, lots of graphic images. Uh, I'm not gonna spoil it, but you from the, from beginning to end, you, you're gonna see it, see it. So, so yeah, uh, I'm not gonna spoil anything, but yeah, it's very violent. Um, now, do you think they use the R rating effectively, or do you think it could have been PG-13? No, it's it's better that where how it is R rated. I, I love it that way. Okay, it works. It works perfect for the story. Okay. And the other film that I saw it was Get Out. Look at a really quick poll. Mm-hmm. Did uh, Professor X get a good send off without yeah. anything? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Uh, I'm not gonna tell how it, how it was, but okay. but it works. Okay. It works, and he has a few scenes that if if it weren't for the film that that it was released early February, early March, I think we could consider him for supporting actor consideration, you know? Uh, so would you call him, scene. like, the John Goodman for this year? Like how I John think Goodman so. was for 10 Cloverfield Lane? Yes, I think so. I think so. He has the scene. He has the scene. So, so yeah. At, uh, now, wow. Get Out. Get Out is my favorite film. 
uh, of the year. Right. I ha- I have only seen three films of 2017, so yeah. But <laughs> Get Out, how can I explain it? It's horror, even though people are going to tell you it's, it's a comedy. But I think it's a metaphorical horror kind of movie. Uh, there's there there are lots of symbol symbolism, and it's not like you know it, it's it's something that you have to think about it so you can understand the the horror you know that that so you you, you have to have passed on that situation you know so so you can know why it's it's so scary and there's something that's happening in that house. I'm not going to tell what is happening because I want you guys to see that movie and enjoy as much as I did. That you, you, you can imagine that that's what's happening in that house, okay? So when you finally watch it and know the truth about it, you're going to be like, damn, that's amazing. And there's, so, meta, there's a metaphorical uh, thing about it. Uh-huh. You know? Do you think that, because um, I've seen some people say that it maybe even should be already considered... Uh, a strong candidate for, like, best original screenplay? Yes, it should. And there's there's also uh, the, the the girl character. I forgot her name. Uh, Alison Williams? Oh, yeah, from Girls. Yes. She should be considered for best supporting actress, too. Wow. I think. Okay. Because she has, she has a particular scene that I still in awe on how they did that. So, it, so I don't know if it's if it was her or if it was a, a special effect. But I was amazed on how that scene worked out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, when you see, you you will know what 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 scene I'm talking about. But for those who have seen it, uh, yeah, I don't know how she did it. So, I'm I hope she gets that that nomination only for that scene. You know. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like when movies earlier in the year are good enough to, like, mm-hmm. be a part of the conversation. I was so surprised that movies released in February or or March were, were so good because it's it's not usual. Usually January, February, and March are, it's like, I call it here, death time for movies, you know, because, yes. Yeah, yeah they because, go to die in January, February, they, March. Yeah, they're, 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 they're usually shitty movies release those, those those three months of the year. And it's surprising that those three months have better movies that, in my case, in Puerto Rico, April, because I'm looking at the, at the coming soon mm-hmm. in, in my, in here in, in Puerto Rico, and April is awful. There's nothing to watch. Well, wait a minute. I, are, like... are you going to get uh, The Fate of the Furious? <laughs> the Fast and Furious 8? You're not excited for that one? Uh, I, I'm not a fan of the franchise. Uh, oh, okay. I, I have only seen the first one, and it was I was very little when I watched it. So, wait, so you I haven't seen any much. of the sequels? Nope. Oh, wow. You, okay. I'm so sorry. Well, here's what I would say. <laughs> Skip the second one. You can skip the third one. The third one I heard is the worst one. It's Tokyo Drift, right? Yeah, Tokyo Drift. <laughs> well, okay, I know what you're going to say. You're saying you got to see them because of the characters they introduce. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you don't really because 
the it's not like these characters have arcs. Okay, maybe Han does, but otherwise, okay. What I'm saying, Joel, is you could probably just start with Fast and Furious, which is the fourth one, mm-hmm. and just watch four, five, six, and seven. Seven. And mm-hmm. those, like by by Fast Five, they just started going completely over the top. Yeah, and then okay. suddenly, like you know, it, it becomes like oh god, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a the way Transformers is over the top, but stupid. <laughs> the fr- <laughs> the fast movies are like over the top, but good. Yeah, okay. the cast hey. fly, don't they? Oh, come cast on, fly, you like that? Furious Seven? Furious Seven was awesome. What are you, you talking know the, the, about? There was uh, there, there was part of the movie. I don't know if it was Furious Seven or or Fast Furious Six. It was uh uh. uh it was filmed here in Puerto Rico. Oh, really? Yes. The Fast and Furious Six. Oh, I, wait, six I think movie? I know what you're talking about. Like where they're they're held up, I think, in like a big um, compound, and they're because they're there's, like there's exactly there's a compound. It was filmed a bridge, actually. You know that like one of our wait with the uh, the bridge scene. Yes, the tank. It was a bridge. Okay. Yeah, because they pull out a tank in that scene. Well, I don't know, but I know I know that part of that movie was filmed here in Puerto okay. Rico. Yeah, maybe some other people can notice, but 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 since I haven't watched it yet, I have to watch it to tell you which scenes are the ones that were filmed here. Because you know they alter it and they add uh, buildings and other stuff, you know, so it doesn't look like it was filmed here. So, right. right. Okay. But you know, it was here. It was yeah. here in Puerto Rico. Okay. Uh, Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay, um, I've got a few I'm going to quickly mention. I'm not going to talk too long about them. So the, the Divines, which is... I'm going to talk about two French films now. Well, one's Canadian, but they're speaking French. Divines is a French film. Um, it's on Netflix. So it's, like, it's one of those films which is making this first three, mo- three months bearable that you can actually stream a lot of stuff now, which is which is good. A lot of people will, will not agree, but like Divines is the type of film that would have gone to cinemas anyway. So we're getting to see it. So it's kind of set like in the slums of Paris. It's about a teenager, and she's a little bit rough around the edges, and she gets into a bit of bit of trouble with like the local uh, drug gang. But she also meets a. She kind of falls for this um, dancer. who's like a. It's not quite. It's not ballet. It's like expressive dance. So it's a bit of a bit of a crossover of two different worlds there. Um, very good film. The the uh, director is quite a new director as well, called Huda Benyamina. You probably never heard of her. Yeah, that's quite it's the name. But yeah, yeah. But it's a really really good film. I'd say it's on Netflix, so you should be you should have no excuse watching that. Divines. Yeah. Okay. okay. I'm gonna add it to the watch list. And obviously, the, the what was the other one? The oh, the Dolan film. It's just the end of the world, is it? Has anyone else seen that? Um, yeah, haven't had a chance to see. It's only the end of the world yet. But the one I'm thinking of, uh, the oh yeah, the death and life of John F. Donovan. Right. Yeah, Natalie Portman's gonna be in it. Yeah, Jessica Chastain, Natalie Portman. It's got pretty good cast. Susan Sarandon. 
Snow. Jacob Tremblay. Oh, that kid is everywhere. <laughs> Candy Newton's in it. Bella Thorne. So, uh, no, you, you're just ruining it. Bella Thorne, oh, no. <laughs> well, maybe she's only in like one scene. I hope so. And it, it lasts like 30 seconds, that scene or less. Yeah. I don't like her. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, uh, she was she she was like the first person to die in uh, the MTV Scream. Oh, thank goodness! No, I can't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Just to watch her die, you know. I oh my god, that's so dark. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I am looking forward to. It's only the end of the world. Um, yeah, so it's it's. Um, I don't know if you've seen any of his other films. Just um, mommy. Yeah, because he's the type of director. He seems he's, he's really young. He's really young. He's very talented, and he's kind of a little bit um, ahead of himself as well. And I think he's got a little, little tiny bit of self awareness. And, and I use the terms "little bit" loosely. Um, but it's a great filmmaker, and he makes very sort of high drama, fast paced. You can see he chooses his own music um, with this one. It's only the end of the world. It's kind of his pace has just dropped, and it's almost like watching a play. But it is based. It is based on a, a play, I believe. Um, and it's all set in one place. A guy comes home to see his family, and we suspect he's ill, and he's, he wants to tell them that <clears throat> it's finding the right time. But there's obviously a lot of tension in the family, and so it's a very much, very much a talky, a lot of talking, a lot of silences. So it's kind of it's kind of found new ground, and I, I know. I know when it was at Cannes last year, the the, the reviews were mixed because they were probably expecting another Mummy or um, one of his other films, Lawrence Anyways, which which are quite colourful and he's very he's, he's kind of a bit of a show off if you like, mm. but he's kind of warranted because he is talented. Um, and this is like very down to earth, very down to people talking. Lots, as I said, a lot of sense. So it's, I think it's a bit unrecognisable, but. It's growing on me all the time. It's a, it is a really good film. The performances in it, Marion Cotillard's in it, but Leah Leah Sedu and Vincent Cassell oh, I like are just Vincent so good Cassell. in it. They're so good in it. Yeah, it's just it's just, you know the the lead guy's good as well, but it, it is he's very quiet and he's just trying to like he doesn't seem to fit in mm-hmm. with his his like with the family and like, the dynamics. It's, it's a really good film. Okay. So he's like he's obviously just come down to earth a little bit. And so is he kind of like the black sheep then? Um, he's kind of, yeah. You suspect that he's been a bit not the black sheep, like he's done anything wrong. But I think he's a bit of an outsider. Mm-hmm. Vincent Cassell's very loud. It's, this Leah said is very loud as well. Um, Marion Cotillard's very strange in it as well. She plays um, Cassell's wife, and you suspect there's, there's something between her and the lead character. But it's all in, you know, it's worth seeing. It's all in the look and the dialogue. Cool. It's a very see, open-ended film as well. Did you see that in the theater or, like, at home? Yeah, I saw it at home, yeah. We managed to stream it. Only okay. recently. We, we couldn't, we have, it's, it's not been out here for very long, so we haven't been able to see it. So it's, it's like a 2017 film, I suppose, for us. Right, okay. Um, I'm curious, then, like, if it's on Netflix already, maybe? Because I, I know a couple of his other ones ended up on Netflix for a little while, at least. Yeah, yeah. Because I think, like, I Killed My Mother and Lawrence Anyway was on there. Tom, and I think Tom and the Farm's on there. Yeah, it? I think that might still be on, on Netflix. 
Um, I don't think Mommy has ever though. Boy, that was a cr- crazy movie. Yeah, that that was. Yeah, that was like full throttle. That one. Not on Netflix here because we have different we have different Netflixes. Yeah, you you get better you get better uh, films than we do. <laughs> I think that's true. Yeah. We've got a lot of garbage. I think they're going to merge. I've heard Netflix are going to merge. I've, I've heard it somewhere. They should They're going to just have a universal selection, which, which they should do, because it isn't fair that I don't live in America, so I can't watch this or that. Right, exactly. Kind of like, Joel, what you were talking about earlier, with, you know, release dates in Puerto Rico and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm. We also have the American Netflix, so. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. That yeah. part's really nice, at least. <laughs> yes. Oh, there yeah. You go, then. And then, did you... What was the other one you were going to talk about, Robin? Well, yeah, so you mentioned I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, I suspect, yeah. I suspect you, you... Do you not like it as maybe as much as I do? Oh, well, okay, so what I wanted to say about it... I guess I'll go first, is that I yeah. started watching it, and I thought it was really weird. Yeah. And, like, uh, I don't know if I was having an off night, but, like, it wasn't holding my attention like parts of it were really interesting but then parts of it were like i don't know Uh, i do want to go back though and finish it but i think what i'll do is i want to go back and start it over yeah it's not long is it it's it is it it is a weird film um well well, if it's kind of funny if you did you know if you don't like elijah wood and a lot of people think he's a bit of a a big eyed nutter um hobbit man but uh (laughs) It's a film that if you're not a fan, which my, my, the wife and I are not really a fan of it, is, uh, it doesn't matter because he's, he's really good in this. Mm-hmm. And Melanie Linsky as well. She's, she, I just wish she'd do more because she's, she's so good. This is such a good role for her. Just such a good role. Yeah, she's a bit of a thing. really unpredictable character, and that's what makes the film so good. She's so unpredictable because mm-hmm. like she gets bargled and she reacts in a certain way, but it's kind of realistic. It's it's like oh maybe we would react that way, but right. Yeah. Well, you know yeah. the the thing about it, like I kept thinking while I at least through the part that I watched, I was thinking, yeah. wait, this is good, but this one Sundance over like yeah. you know like uh, the Call Me by Your Name or Mudbound or the big sick, and on any of those, I was like, that's interesting that this is the one that would win Sundance. But, you know, the interesting thing is, one year ago, we had that situation where, what, like, the Birth of a Nation won Sundance, and that kept getting thrown around as the best picture frontrunner, and (laughs) Manchester by the Sea also came out at Sundance, and, like, that's the one that went on to, like, have all the nominations, and... Birth of a Nation literally had none. So do you think, having finished seeing it, it has any chances of Oscar contention at all? <sighs> it, uh, it has very very slim, I would say. I mean, where, where does it fit? Where does a movie like that fit? You know, if you're going to call it a comedy, then it's not. It's, it's got no chance, has it? But it, where does it fit? It's a very quirky film. It's a very sort of, very indie and very original. It's kind of, it, obviously it's doing things we've seen before, but it's done in a certain, a different way. Um, whether it's going to have the legs to, to take it to December, November, December, I, I don't know. Plus yeah. Netflix, are they going to start taking Netflix seriously? Right. Yeah. It, it's not a heavy. It's not a heavyweight film. If you're not, if you're, if you're not a heavyweight film, you know, you're going to struggle. Moonlight was not a heavyweight film, but it, its impact was. So eventually, 
and it steams. So eventually that that came through. But a Manchester by the Sea kind of ticks all the Oscar boxes as well, doesn't it? Grief and yeah. drama. Yeah. I think that's why it stuck around. Plus, like everybody kept, you know, they could keep talking about like the script and Casey Affleck's acting and Michelle Williams is acting. That I think, yeah. you know, something like, uh, at least again, uh, the, the, as much as I watched, I wasn't picking up any of that kind of stuff for I don't feel at home in this world anymore. But, okay, so does it have at least like a good ending? Yeah, oh, the ending's great. I mean, it's, it's there's a, like, there's a bit of, oh, I'm not going to spoil it, but there's a bit of a gunfight, there's a bit of, like, crazy stuff happens at the end you don't expect, you know, guns going off and... People tearing up on the, on your dorm. Sweet. Yeah, so, no, it's good. It's, it's, I'm surprised when you said you lost interest because I found it very difficult to, to lose interest in. It was like every every scene went a different direction. Right. And it, but it wasn't like it didn't lose me at all. Okay. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what was going on with me that night. I might have, Maybe I was just tired because it feels like it's been out now for a while. Because like, that was what? It hit Netflix yes. around what, the end of February? Yeah, a couple of months. So I reviewed it, didn't I, about six weeks ago. So Yeah, okay. That's daily, isn't it? Right. Because I remember you put up the review at the site. Yeah, Awards Daily took it as well, didn't they, TV? So. Okay. Yeah. Half our film to watch tonight, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do remember, like, I was thinking, like, at first I didn't even recognize that that was uh, Elijah Wood. I'm like, who is this weirdo? He, he really looks He's always weird. a weirdo. He's always <laughs> a weirdo. So I don't know. That is true. But like, for instance, when he when he showed up in Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind, he looked normal, at least, you know. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you know, like he just the short hair and the, the sideburns and whatnot. But like, there was something just, you, you'll have to see it when you see it, Joel. Like, okay. his appearance, he looks like... Oh God, Robin! How would you describe it? Well, it's, it looks weird because he's got like he's got like shades on, aren't he? And he's um, he's he's like a rock. I think he's like a rock fan, isn't he? And he's got like a beard. He's quite unrecognizable yeah. if, as Elijah Wood, like he was in Eternal Sunshine, actually. Well, you I think that whole that whole with Mark Ruffalo and yeah, but that their dynamic, possibly Kirsten Dunst when she gets stoned with him, that that kind of dynamic, that kind of is what this film's like. So it's quite sort of... Well, what's really very, funny... Yeah. Uh, have any of you guys started uh, the podcast uh, S-Town? No. Have you guys heard of it? Yeah, I've heard of it, yeah. Okay, so it's really at least taken off here in the States, and it's it takes place in Alabama, so it's like these southern rednecks. <laughs> and I could... The, the lead guy... I could see looking like how Elijah Wood looks in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> he looks almost like a like he could be a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, let me he's, he's a guy good because stand. I'm just curious. Yeah, if you go to the page on Netflix or Letterbox, you'll, you'll probably see him. But but it's a good guy in this, and he, he, she thinks he's a bit the main character thinks he's a bit of a weirdo. Yeah, but he's actually he's a good guy. His heart's in the right place. Exactly. And she turns out she turns out to be a bit of a nutter, so it's it's, it's good. It's funny. God. That does not look like Elijah Wood at all. He doesn't sound Seriously? like Elijah Wood either. Seriously? Like he had some kind of weird, um, 
not a mannerism, but like a, a, a cadence. Is that the guy? No, uh, no. No, that, no. No. Okay. no. Yeah. Oh, no, that, that's Elijah Wood, I know. That's Elijah Wood, yes. Yeah. Either way, like, it's, it's, he's got a really interesting look. You know, and the other thing with, even like with Melanie Linsky, I was like, who is that? She looks so familiar. Where do I know her from? And then I had to Google it. I'm like, oh my God, two and a half men. <laughs> yeah, she's the, the next door neighbor stalker chick. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll wait to split last, but first I just wanted to quickly mention that I had caught up finally with Lion, and I caught up with Hidden Figures. So, uh, and have you guys seen those? Well, I know you've yeah. seen, I, we established, Joel, that you've seen them. And so you said yes, Robin? Yeah, I've seen them, yeah. Okay, so um, start with Lion. So I thought Lion was really good. Uh, I was annoyed at the, the fact that everybody kept comparing it to Slumdog Millionaire. And I yeah. thought it was nothing like Slumdog Millionaire. Like, yeah, it takes place in India, but it's not flashy at all. And there's no dancing, and there's no, you know, any of that kind of stuff. There really was hardly, like, there wasn't gang members or guns or any of that stuff. And I I found it sort of, like, um, humbling in a way, because it's like the India scenes, you know, when he's the little kid, Sonny Pawar, Boy, that that kid really can act. Mm-hmm. I was astonished. Yeah. I'm like, they need an Oscar for best like, uh, like youth performance or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the way the year before with Jacob Tremblay, Sonny Pawar would have won it last year. And um, you know, so like, I I get the setup. Okay, I'm like, okay, this is a little strange that like this kid. I mean, what was he like? Five, six years old. And he wants to go with his older brother to, like, collect uh, rocks or whatever it was, the stuff to, like, make money. But I'm thinking, why is a five- or six-year-old working? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. It's it's not the same everywhere, you know? Oh, I know. But it's it's, it's sad. It's like, I... Mm-hmm. It's you, really you sad. Privileged, it's like, privileged fool. <laughs> yeah, we really are. I mean, we, I, I never had to deal with any of that kind of stuff. I mean, when I was five or six, I was, like, playing with toys. Mm-hmm. You know, watching cartoons on Saturday mornings. Yep. And this poor kid, I mean, you know, his family has, like, nothing. And they're just trying to survive. And when you see that kind of society and the way it is for other countries and just how, yeah, exactly, humbling it is. That, that we have so much here that we take, you know, for yeah, granted. Mm-hmm. We really do. We, <laughs> we really take it for granted. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, even the ability to eat food and sleep in a warm bed every day. You know, like, mm-hmm. for a lot of people, they don't even have that. But, okay, anyway, we're, we're getting off on slightly a tangent here. The point is, is that, so, you know, the kid, like, obviously then he gets on the train Ends up, you know, in Calcutta, has no clue where he is, no clue how far he's traveled, you know. And what did you guys think of when he ended up at that, um, like that, it almost seemed like a concentration camp, but then it wasn't. It was like that. Orphanage or something like that? Yeah. Were you guys like nervous of what was going to happen then? Yes. (laughs) Uh, 
I thought it, it was even worse than being in the streets because those kids were like uh, some were damaged kids, you know, like like I don't know. Yeah, I know. What you mean. Like the kid, like the kid in the back that used to hit himself in in the wall. I think mm-hmm. I don't remember well. Uh, well, actually, I think you might be thinking of the uh, other kid that they adopted. But it isn't, it isn't the same kid, right? Or No, no. I don't oh. think it was. Because that kid... Okay, so when... You know, because first, um, Saru got adopted. Mm-hmm. And then a year later, they brought in the other kid. Yeah, yes. But I think it was the same kid he watched in the, in the classroom that day. That he was hitting himself. Really? Well, maybe I it was. I think so. I don't know. Robin, can you... Can you help us? Yeah, they, yeah, they kind of grouped together, didn't they? The, the, he was like the, he was like the troubled one. Yeah. And then, in, by, when they were ad, well, when they were young adults, mm-hmm. there was a bit of bit of resentment. But I assumed it was the same. They grew up together. Yeah, and he was still obviously. Oh wow. Troubled, yeah. Well, I guess in I, some ways it would make sense because if they got him from the same place. Mhm, mhm. Yeah, okay. I had to watch it again to be sure, but I. I think I made I made the re- relation quickly because I remember he was Sonny's character. He was like looking at him because he was different to the other kids, you know. Yeah. And when he saw it again at home, he was like, "This kid, seriously? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he didn't spend him for a brother, you know." Mm-hmm. So yeah. So yeah. Um. So then, yeah, like, he ends up in Australia, and then, like, it jumps 20 years, and then suddenly he's Dev Patel floating in the ocean, and he's got, like, the gorgeous long hair and everything else. Like, it felt like a completely different movie at that point. Not that I cared, because I was enjoying it. Like, it was still really, really good. And, um, I mean, we knew, obviously, that it was going to be uh, Dev Patel. Um, by the way, do you, do you guys think, like, there's something wrong with that? That, like, oh, you need an Indian guy? Let's get Dev Patel. But mm-hmm. isn't he Indian? Yeah. But, I mean, like, the fact that, like, he seems to be the only one that they ever seem to hire. Okay. I get your point. Yeah. Because there's even, like, a running joke about that. Like, oh, you need a, an, a young Indian man? I'll get hired Dev Patel. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least they're, hi- they're hiring Dev Patel. They're not hiring Scarlett Johansson to do as an Indian boy, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's that, 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 that's true. That would have been worse. So right, right. That's probably um, a that's probably an America problem than than a casting <laughs> problem. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no offense. A lot of the but, Hollywood yeah. studio guys they're lazy and they don't want to like look past one or two two characters or actors, and they're like, yeah, we'll just pick. Uh, actor number one. He's starting to get up there now. What is he, like, uh, 26, 27 now? Yeah, Ben Kingsley's, like, too old now, so... <laughs> <laughs> he was a little. They could do it, like, 40 years after, and he still hasn't found her. Ben Kingsley's, <laughs> yeah. like... Ben Kingsley right. a lot with, like, flowing locks. <laughs> right. <laughs> um... But it's true what you say. Uh, they, they, they should look for another uh, Indian actress because th- there's there has to be lots of them in Bollywood, you know, uh, very yeah. talented Indian actors that, that can speak English or, or you know, the, 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 the Indian language, I don't know which is right now. 
and yeah, like every part in the world, there, there are talented actors everywhere. It's it's just you had to work out to look for them, you know, like you know, yeah. to find them. Not right. just, but not there's Bollywood, there's there's a lot of obviously Indian, Asian people in America acting, looking for work. So you don't probably wouldn't have to go to Bollywood. You mm-hmm. could just look on your doorstep. Right. But they probably they probably do do the you know the go to thing with that. And I'm not going to get too culturally not politically. Right. Yeah. This isn't in, that kind into of it, but it's <laughs> it it is a bit of a problem. Not for Dev Patel. I mean, he's loving it. Yeah. It, he's he's doing very well off it. <laughs> mm. I mean, good for him. I mean, he's a good actor, and and mm-hmm. frankly, I mean, as a heterosexual man, I can say he's a very good looking guy. You know, because uh, the yeah. the other. Um, actor that I had thought of at least is Siraj Sharma who was the kid in Life of Pi. I don't yeah. think I've seen him in anything else other than Life of Pi. He'll probably be the next Dev Patel. Yeah, we saw Dev Patel in Slumdog Millionaire, then it seems like he went away for a long time and now he's back with Lion. Well, he, he kind of he was probably, Yeah, he was probably busy. So he was in the HBO's The Newsroom. Oh, yeah. With uh, Jeff Brid- no, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Daniels. Daniels. Yeah. Daniels. Mm-hmm. yeah. But so yeah, I I enjoyed um, the movie overall. Like, and I I really liked when he figured out that he had a way of finding his family. You know, Google Earth and all that stuff. I use Google Earth all the time, and I tell you, like, I thought, well, how are they going to do this? You know, what is he? He going to be on Google Earth for like three weeks, and all of a sudden, boom, he found it. Because that wouldn't be very realistic. But then when I realized that he had been searching for like four years. I'm like, oh my god! And then I was like amazed that he had the the patience to even last that long. Mm-hmm. I mean, what did you guys think of that? Yeah. Uh, um, I wasn't a big fan fan of the film. I, I thought it was um, Oscar bait, and I thought it was very sentimental, very manipulating. It was a nice story, but it didn't really mm-hmm. get to me. Uh, other 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 films get to me though. Like maybe I'm not. Maybe that's not for me. Right. Yeah, other films I found more powerful in different way. I don't, I don't like sentimentality, uh, but it, it, I can't argue with a story. But mm-hmm. it just seemed to tick all the like boxes, going right exactly the right places. Yeah, I can but, see that because, like, I mean, it was Harvey Weinstein Company after all, and he yeah. does like seem to pick out the ones that I think he thinks have the best Oscar chances. But a lot of times, those definitely seem Oscar baity. Like, if you were going to look down the line of last year, Lion would be one of the most oscar Beatty films. And, I mean, it did get nominated for uh, Dev Patel and for the Nicole Kidman and, of course, Best Picture. And for Cinematography, second, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. So, but I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was really good. Um, but I don't know necessarily if it would make my personal top ten or anything like that. No, definitely not. Yeah. So then the next uh, one I wanted to talk about, it was Hidden Figures, which that is, by by comparison, Hidden Figures is much more enjoyable. Now, I'll go to you guys first. What did you guys think of Hidden Figures? Um, yeah, I liked it. I, I liked it. Uh, I liked um, Taraj P. Henson in particular. Yeah. I don't understand why Octavia Spencer got an Oscar nomination, but I'm not going to, because the other girl, I've forgotten her name now, the other support. Yeah, she was better, but she also had like the meatier story. Octavia Spencer didn't really do anything, but it was. I said this before. It was. It was Taraji's film. Right. Yeah. And Costa was quite good in it as well. It was like 
it was like one of those films from the 80s, those good films about, you know, astronauts or something that happened and a really well-told story with a good cast. It, was, it felt like that. Yeah. Um, like I the right it. stuff and stuff? Like the right stuff, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, to me, like, I saw the right stuff, and that was a really, really well-made film. I don't know if Hidden Figures is at that level. No. But then again, you know, Hidden Figures was designed to be more of a crowd-pleaser, which obviously it ended up being. And mm-hmm. in some ways, I guess you can also say that film was somewhat oscar Beatty as well. You know, because you have that inspirational, yes. true story... Uh, and especially it was very germane and they were able to capitalize on that with what's going on, at least in the United States, with the culture, you know, and, and, and Trump's new America and all that crap. Um, it had Kevin Costner. Yeah, it did have Kevin Costner in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it can't get more Oscar baiting than that. Oscar baiting yeah, but that. He, he hasn't been Oscar bait for 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, so I, dance, that's that's true. Those but still, he but still he has that scene that you know it's like the the scene of the movie when he goes to the bathroom and like ah boom, oh yeah boom, yeah know? I love yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, so my thoughts are I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great, but yeah, I mean, again, not wouldn't be in my subjective personal favorites or anything like that. I thought Taraji P Henson was the standout. Um, there wasn't, like, to me, though, like, everybody had a good performance. Even your boy, um... um Sheldon, Yeah, Jim Sheldon, Parsons. Jim Parsons, yeah. Jim Parsons stuff. And, um, I like the roles they each played. I thought they filled the roles really well. Um, and it was just interesting to see, like, like some of the little, little storylines were, I think, just as interesting, like when uh, Raji kept having to run for, like, 40 minutes to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And just what that was like back then that that you know the management didn't even think about that because they didn't have to think about that, so to them it's a problem because like where where does she go all the time and she keeps disappearing, but they don't understand that she can't use the bathroom in their building, so she's got to run all the way across the the campus, and oh my God, and she kept running in those high heels that was the <laughs> thing that really surprised me I'm like. Why wouldn't she at least get comfortable shoes? Unless it was like that a dress ha- code thing. But it happens in the White House now, doesn't it? So... Does it? <laughs> I think, no, I no, think no. Taraji <laughs> practiced with, with Bryce Dallas Howard, you know, Bryce Dallas Howard running heels in Jurassic World. Oh, that's <laughs> she, tra- she trained Taraji to, to run heels in... I forgot in, about that. Yeah? She does. In hidden yeah. figures. <laughs> in fact, I wrote something like that uh, on the site about, like, Remember, Robin, when we were doing, like, favorite performances, and I said something about yeah. Bryce Dallas Howard runs away from the the, the, the dinosaurs in high heels? Yeah. That's I'll right. <laughs> so, yeah, Hidden Figures. I mean, I get why both Lion and Hidden Figures were nominated for Best Picture. I'm, I'm glad neither one was necessarily nominated for Best Director because there, there was definitely better directors um, of the two, I would say that, like, Taraji B. Henson's the best performance, and right. arguably Hidden Figures even had the better screenplay as well. But yeah, it was surprising to see how good Kevin Costner was. Well, we all know that Kevin, Kevin Costner died on the set of The Postman, and he's just been a hologram ever since. No, Kevin Costner died on the set of Waterworld. 
No, no, his career. His career. <laughs> Anyway, um, I didn't think it was necessarily scary, but it didn't have to be scary. I thought it was definitely more psychological. Um, yes. I'm so glad that M. Night Shyamalan finally wrote something worthwhile, because I feel like he hasn't <laughs> written anything truly worthwhile since, like, Signs. Yeah. Although I would argue I at least like The Village. Yeah, I know. Although, at least I didn't say Lady in the Water. Oh, my God. No, no. <laughs> no. Or The Happening. No! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or The Last Airbender, you know, just yeah, to add to the Airbender. pile. Ooh. Why did that movie even get greenlit? Well, I think the problem with Last Airbender is that the show is called Avatar The Last Airbender because of Avatar and James Cameron. No, but the... I know, you can't... Like, they were already... They were actually going to call The Last Airbender Avatar. Mm-hmm. And then James Cameron came out with the yeah. Avatar before yeah. that. Yeah. So they, he stole their thunder, although... I feel like yeah. that screwed with M. Night Shyamalan's mojo. Once the whole James Cameron Avatar happened. Well, the other thing I heard about M. Night Shyamalan is that, like, he had gotten too much uh, creative control and over the years. Just like with Kevin Smith, like... Yes, Kevin Smith. He just kind of went off the rails and, yeah. Well, Kevin okay. Smith, like, smokes a bowl and then <laughs> thinks, okay, I'm going <laughs> to come up with some stupid idea and make it a movie. Yeah, Red State was fine, but, like, Tusk or Yoga Hosers? I haven't seen Yoga Hosers yet. I feel like Yoga Hosers would probably be better than Tusk, but we're getting off topic. Split. Yes, split. <laughs> so, um... Okay, let's let's all uh, rate what we think of James McAvoy, good or bad. Good, good. His performance was amazing. I thought he was really. He will be really forgotten. Good. Yes. I know he's going to be forgotten. That's going to break my heart. I'm already. Mm-hmm. But I think he deserves to be recognized. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I thought his he had so many little nuances, facial expressions, body movement voice changes, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he sold that movie. He yes. made that movie what it was. That, and of course, the inclusion of, like, you know, Anya Taylor-Joy and Haley Lou Richardson, they're so great. And, I, you know, and I, I had the chance to see um, The Edge of Seventeen recently as well, and so I already knew who Haley Lou Richardson was, and I knew how great she is. And um, I don't know who the other girl was, but they were great. I mean, they I believed every second that they were scared shitless of this situation. And I mean, mm-hmm. my God, to be in that kind of situation, I don't know what I would do. I mean, would you just fight and, and risk death or would you just sit there and I mean, what would you guys do? <laughs> I was I would stay. I don't know what I would do, actually. It's easy to say right now because I'm not in the situation, but when I, when I go to the situation, probably I will freeze out or, yeah. I don't know, I'd maybe be, fight. I would be trying to make friends with this guy. Because I, I would be scared, but like the kind of person I am, I would just be curious. Uh, yeah. Robin, what do you think? Um, 
I'll probably pretend I've got split personality as well. Like, but I mean, if you were in that situation, do you think you'd survive? Mm, probably not. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I would either. I don't think I'd ever make it out of there. I don't know. I, I'd be like, uh, fuck you, dude. You're not going to, like, hold me in this cage, you know? I'd probably, like, kick the dude in the nuts or something. I don't know why they didn't just think of that. Of course, then there'd be no movie, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, no, I mean, Split was great. Uh, I loved all the personalities that he had. You know, Patricia was really cool. And then um, the kid, Hedwig. Hedwig. Oh, poor Hedwig. Hedwig, I, like, legitimately felt bad for poor Hedwig, that he was stuck in this this creep body, and he couldn't be a real person. Yeah, Hedwig. Mm-hmm. Who was your favorite character that he he was? Personality. Personality. Who was your favorite personality? Robin. Oh, God, I don't remember them, to be honest. Okay, well, there was Hedwig, the, the nine-year-old. There was Patricia, who was, like, the mom character. And there was Barry, who I think was sort of like uh, one of the leaders. But then there was Dennis, who was sort of like um, the bad leader. Dennis was the one that, like, wanted to watch teenage girls dance and strip naked. <laughs> not, not that one. <laughs> no, yeah, not that one. <laughs> not that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the most oh, socially God. acceptable one. That was my favorite. <laughs> right. <laughs> that would probably be Barry. Yeah, Barry, yeah. Yeah, because Barry was the one that, like, we initially met, like, when he was going to the therapist. Yeah. And then he was, he was like, you know, I called you. I'm fine. I'm good. I got everything under control. And really, obviously, he didn't. So then what did we, um, I think, do you think most people know the twist ending by now? Yeah, I would say so. Two or three months at this point. I feel yeah. like it's safe to at least spoil that. Yeah, we'll just say spoiler alert um, to anybody listening who hasn't seen it yet. So, what did you guys think of the connection to Unbreakable? It was amazing. <laughs> I didn't expect it at all. Because I was like, there's no twist, finally. And then this happened. It was the best twist ever. Because I, I, I wasn't expecting to see Bruce Willis there, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was weird. Yeah. That, that, yeah. Some people didn't get it, you know? Uh, when I was watching it, there was this this couple in front of me that, that were like, hey, what happened in the end? And I, I was like, okay, have you seen any movie of this director before? And they were like, yeah, we saw Citizens. Okay, he made a movie after that. It's called Unbreakable. Oh, yes, Unbreakable. I remember it. Unbreakable, yeah? Uh-huh. And... I told them, well, the protagonist is Bruce Willis, that he's like a superhero, sort of. And now he appears to be the, if it's a, if, if there's a sequel split, he appears to be the, uh, the, the, sorry, the hero of the movie, like the, the enemy of, of James McAvoy character, you know? I, I don't remember the name of the last uh, personality, but yeah, that, oh, that's be- what it seems to be. Mm-hmm. The Beast, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it will be a better franchise than the DC expanded universe, you know? <laughs> I hope so. Well, uh, no, I, yes. want, I want DC to be good, too, but... And that channel on expanded universe, everything we 
<laughs> we never knew we ever wanted <laughs> right. You don't know you want it until it's presented to you. Exactly. <laughs> but what I knew about the twist ending going in, because I'd write an article on Entertainment Weekly about it, like, I, you know, I knew to, like, look for this, that this was going to be a thing. And once I saw it, like, it, oh, my gosh. It blew away, like, any kind of expectation that I had for it. So. I was I was surprised that 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 Twitter managed to not spoil it for me because I, I, I read that there was a surprise in the end, uh-huh. but I never thought it was that, you know. I even read Shauna writing about it, like she was saying this is going to be a better uh, franchise than the Marvel Universe or the DC Universe, whatever. I was like, what is she talking about? This is split. What? 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 what why? Why is she comparing it to to Marvel and DC? And and then when I saw it, I was like, oh, now I get it. Now I understand what she meant. Because I really, I I, I was very happy that no one, no one in my Twitter feed spoiled it for me. Uh, That's you know, really I, nice. I saw this in March. This was released in January here in Puerto Rico. And no one here said it to on me. Twitter? Nobody, nobody. I was wow. very happy when, when, when I finally knew it because, like, damn, people, you're the best. You, you didn't ruin it for me. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Really. But, yeah, I, the Beast, when he became the Beast, that was really cool, too. Like, the fact that his anatomy physically could change and suddenly he's, like, Spider-Man to a degree, mm-hmm. like... He can climb on the walls and, and stuff like that. And he, he, like, was super duper strong. And I loved how, like, we saw when he was Hedwig, Hedwig couldn't even, like, push the door closed or exactly. open or whatever. He was so weak. And, like, when he was the beast, he was super strong. Uh-huh. That was really cool. And, like, the idea of that, depending on what personality you are, your DNA actually kind of changes. Because, like, the one guy had, like, diabetes and needed to take insulin. Yep. And he was like, how come I have to take insulin, but the other ones don't? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember. Yeah. And I love this idea that, like, we can have these abilities that if you can unlock a superpower in your head, it's like a superpower. Although, then again, I don't, what I'm curious is how, like, say, for the sequel, how they would put this as like what kind of is he going to be like the bad guy because he's the bad guy in the first one so is, we're just assuming Bruce Willis is the good guy and he's going to fight like the beast I feel like if there's going to be a sequel it would be more a sequel to Unbreakable than a sequel to Split that makes sense yeah that I, makes a lot of sense actually yeah. it, it's not like uh, like Batman versus Superman Exactly. Where it's not really a sequel to anything, but it is, kind of. Mm-hmm. But it's not. Exactly. Because <laughs> Man of Steel 2 is in pre-production. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of excited that M. Night Shyamalan's finally got something good again. Because I, I have to rant. The 14 Transformers movies? Yes, yeah, so we're gonna have to we're going to have to rant on this for a second. About the 14 Transformer movies? Well, we think they're all going to be directed by Michael. Wait, 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 what? Oh, oh you... you haven't heard about this, Joel? 
not. What happened? Okay, so it was announced on Tuesday, I think. That feels right. Something like that, maybe Wednesday. That there is that there's an overarching story for Transformers. It's going mm-hmm. to span fourteen movies. No, fourteen more movies. Fourteen more movies. Were they going to grow the, the, the Transformers to adult? 18 years? What the fuck? <laughs> Bumblebee is going to be in a nursing home. <laughs> By the time this franchise is like wrapped up. I mean, Michael Bay is going to be like 90 years old when he finishes the franchise. What the fuck? <laughs> but like, we don't know if Michael Bay is going said, to be... Wait, wait. Was was Tuesday April Fool's? Oh, no, wait. No, it's that April was 8. last Saturday. It was announced after Oh, my April God. Fool's. No, 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 no. This can't be true, guys. No, have it's to be true. Kidding. It is true. No. We, no. What? It is, like, very, very, very true. I'm gonna Google it. I'm gonna Google it just to make sure it's not an April Fool's joke. I mean, I believe you, but come on, no. So just Google oh. 14 more Transformers. 14 more because we already have four. That's why I said Transformers movies already in development. Hold on, Joel. I am going to tweet tweet you this. Damn, 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 damn. That's awful. 14 in addition to the four that we already have. There are pieces of shit, except the first one. <laughs> Fourteen! We are going to have 18 Transformers movies in my lifetime. Nineteen. In... I think, right? But does that include the one that they're working on now, that 14? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I wonder if Mark Wahlberg will stick around for all 14. He would be run out of Hollywood. <laughs> I don't Honestly, I don't know why Michael Bay hasn't been run out of Hollywood. I really would love to hear Jonathan's reaction right now to this. Because I feel like he would have a lot to say about this. He would. But, Robin, I just tweeted you what we're talking about, that Michael Bay yeah. has storylines for 14 more Transformers movies. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, I, I read something, actually, my wife told me something today, or was it yesterday? So, uh, Anthony Hopkins said that if, if Michael Bay is like, is up there with Scorsese. <laughs> what? Anthony, can you repeat what you just said? I want to make sure I heard it right. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins, you know, the Oscar-winning British thespian, <laughs> he's, he's, he's comparing Michael Bain to his genius and he's up there with Martin Scorsese. David Lynch as well. Anthony Hopkins. Is- yeah, so that question... So the answer to the question is Anthony Hopkins senile, yes. Is, is Anthony Hopkins in the same room with Warren Beatty? <laughs> no, I think Warren, Warren Beatty is fine. Just by listening to the, Warren Beatty is fine. The only mistake. What Anthony heck? Hopkins is, it's on opioids or something because I don't get this. I don't get this. I, I don't him. get it Come on. He won for Silence of the Lambs. What the fuck is he talking about? Yeah. <laughs> of course, that was, uh, oh my gosh. That was 25 years, 26 years ago now. He's seen now. He's seen now right now. For those of you who have seen Westworld, 
I wonder if he's taking notes from his character when he's talking about this. You'll understand. <laughs> okay. I only watched the first episode, so I don't know what she's talking about. Hey everyone, I'm Jason. And I'm Lee. And we are the Atlantic Screen Connection Podcast. We are a podcast that looks to analyze what makes films great with a warm atmosphere and a good laugh. New releases, retrospectives, and absolute classics all reassessed and reviewed. Check out the Atlantic Screen Connection Podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes, or keep in the loop on Twitter by following me and Lee at Big Pick Reviews. Welcome to the Atlantic Screen Connection Podcast. Yes, I mean you've you've have you, you've seen my you've seen my results. Did, did you guys want to like say anything about what I picked rather than me saying what you already know? Well, I know um, for sure that uh, I remember you picked un, uh, your name for best film, right? Best movie. Yeah. yeah. And I still have not been able to see that. I think that I saw the trailer for that in front of Beating the Beast. So I saw Beating the Beast in one of our art house theaters here. Yeah. That looks amazing. I want to see that so bad. Yeah, but I know, obviously, I caught up with Under the Shadow, and that was really good. Yeah, so that was my best director, that one. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, the the main ones, obviously, they came... John Goodman's a picture supporting actor. But that was a tough tough category, like Jeff Bridges and John Turturro, Patrick Stewart, Michael Shannon... Supporting categories are always tough, and then the actress I went with, Naomi Harris, obviously, who, who I wouldn't shut up about. <laughs> yeah. Um, and who did I pick? Actor. Yeah, actor. I went with uh, Giza Royrig from the Hungarian film Son of Saul. You probably noticed all well from my list that when you have a look at it, that performances I pick are generally quite subtle. I don't really go for a lot of showy, showy stuff. I think, I think that's just that's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he did well. The Handmaiden, which I, which didn't win best film, but it's it's um, I think I, I think it got three screenplay and a couple of others, and then obviously best director was you know, Under the Shadow. My hardest one to pick was best actress because I had about fifteen that I wanted to put into five, and then I had the five and I had to pick one, and Ruth Negger was just just, oh, just one just by. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can say about, about that one. See, I I considered her, but to me, like, and I think what the thing that everybody else kept saying is how her performance is so understated. Yeah. But again, you just said that you like that. Yeah. Yeah. And she's, it, you, and you don't forget her, and she, it's like watching a true story, and she just sells the story with like with no effort. It's a great performance. And the Academy, I'm surprised they actually, I'm glad, but I'm surprised they actually went for it in the end. Right. But yeah, I mean, have a look at it, and you know, you, you know most of these anyway. I've talked about them now for two months, but mm-hmm. I'm already excited about the next one of this year's. But what I will say before I go is, I'm also like, Al, you probably know this already, but I'm just trying to get all my other years done, all the other years. So I'm going right back to that 1959, believe it or not. So it's taking me a long time, but I'm going to get them all published. Sure. I hope that'll be a talking point as well. Yeah, and I'm interested in catching up, starting to post some of mine, too. Yeah, because it's really great going back and seeing the films. Like, and what it's done for me as well, going back to like the 80s, which I thought was rubbish. Actually, <laughs> actually, it wasn't, because it, I remember, oh, what was it? Siskel uh, and Ebert once said like, that the 80s was when like foreign films died and 
mm. what, what we're going to do. But it, it really wasn't. The, there was some really good foreign films, and the way it was, it, it was like popcorn theatre, wasn't it? And yeah. VHS, yeah. So. But, but anyway, it's made me discover films maybe I've not seen for a long time, or, oh, yeah, that came out in 1984, that was great. And so, yeah, it's, it's really good, going back, going back in time. Okay. Uh, I have, uh, first I'm going with Visual Effects. I only have four nominees. It was hard to find five because I, I didn't see many uh, visual effects-driven films last year. So, yeah. I got four only. I got Rogue One, Arrival, The Jungle Book, and Kubo and the Two Strings. And I chose as the winner Kubo and the Two Strings. In production design, I have Arrival, The Handmaiden, Hail Caesar, La La Land, and Silence. And I chose as the winner, The Handmaiden. Mm. Best film editing. I have Arrival, Hawks are Rich, The Handmaiden, La La Land, and Moonlight. My winner is Moonlight. Best Cinematography. Uh, Arrival. Jackie. Lion. Moonlight. And Silence. And my winner is Silence. Uh, let me check the other page. Screenplay. This is mixed, right? It's not original and adapted. Yeah, that's what we were doing as well. Like, I figured it's too difficult to try and figure out, is this truly adapted or is this original? Same with the acting. Because to me, it's mm-hmm. like, if you're on screen for 10 minutes versus 50 minutes, what are you, a supporting or a lead? I don't know. You know, okay. like Viola Davis I have, is a perfect example. Exactly. Yeah. I have one, one, one category then. Uh, arrival. The Handmaiden, The Lobster, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. My winner is Moonlight. Actress, Amy Adams, Arrival, Emma Stone, La La Land, Natalie Portman, Jackie, Rebecca Hall, Christine, Viola Davis, Princess. And I have Viola Davis for Princess Winnie. Uh, actor Andrew Garfield, Silence Casey Affleck, Manchester by the Sea Denzel Washington, Princess Joel Edgerton, Loving Trevante Rhodes for Moonlight And my winner is Casey Affleck For Manchester by the Sea uh, If you remember my list from Twitter I had Denzel Washington first but after considering a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, mm. I love, I like both uh, his performance and Casey Affleck's. But I think Casey Affleck was more raw, more emotional. I, I, I felt uh, more connected with him that, than with Denzel. Even though Denzel gives the performance of his life, you know, he's yeah. amazing. Says I love him, but I went with Casey Affleck this time. Okay. Okay. Director, I have, let me see, De- Damien Chazelle for La La Land, 
Barry Jenkins for Moonlight, David McKenzie for Hell or High Water, Danny Villeneuve for Arrival, and Kenny Blonergan for Manchester by the Sea. And my winner is Barry Jenkins for Moonlight. And finally, Best Film. Yay. <laughs> I have 10 nominees. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Arrival. Uh, Eye in the Sky. Ooh. The Edge of Seventeen. The Handmaiden. Hell or High Water. Jackie. Moonlight. Sing Street. And Your Name. Oh, cool. And the winner, yes. And the winner is Moonlight. Of okay. course. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite film of the That's year. A great so one. yeah. Very yes. nice. Those are good picks. I know. I, I always try to be uh, very uh, how do I say it? Diverse, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I try to uh, not correlate very close to the academy. Sometimes it happen it happens unconsciously, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, my top 10 of 2015, I think, looks a lot like the eventual nominees for Best Picture. But, you know, it, it, it just happens. You know, I, I know I need to see more movies and, and all that stuff. But uh, of what can I watch? You know, I, I managed to do a, a very diverse list, a very different, you know, uh, to anyone who is standardized to watch only the academy stuff you know right yeah exactly yeah i so, think robin will really hope, like that you, you like included it. your name oh we definitely I love did. your name i yeah. love your name i love your name so i thought even it was going to get nominated but shit happens <laughs> you see yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it does i appreciate that you had the edge of 17 for best film but I have problems with no Deadpool and no La La Land. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I, I love the show 17 very much. I love it. I love it so much. I, I even think, since I'm going to become a teacher, math teacher, that my 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 model to follow as a teacher is Woody Harrison's character. I love that character so much. Oh, my God. He's amazing. He's amazing in that role. I haven't seen The Edge of Seventeen yet, but I can't wait to watch it. So. Oh, okay. I saw no it, spoilers. and I agree with you, Joel. <laughs> it is great. So He's but, great. He's great. But anyway, my list. Here we go, people. For best visual effects, I have Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, Captain America, Civil War, Deadpool, Rogue One, and The Jungle Book. And for my winner, I am going to go with The Jungle Book. For best production design, I have A.L. Caesar, Jackie, La La Land, Moonlight, and Nocturnal Animals. My winner, Nocturnal Animals. Wow. Oh, that's nice. That's clever. <laughs> for best film editing, I have 10 Cloverfield Lane, Hacksaw Ridge, La La Land, Patriot's Day, and Sully. Winner, La La Land. Nice. 
for Best Cinematography, I have Hail Caesar, Hell or High Water, Jackie, La La Land, and Moonlight. My winner, La La Land. <laughs> Not surprised there. Not surprised. For Best Screenplay, I have 10 Cloverfield Lane, Deadpool, Hell or High Water, La La Land, and Moonlight. My winner, Moonlight. For Best Actress, I have Amy Adams for Nocturnal Animals, Emily Blunt for The Girl on the Train, Naomi Harris for Moonlight, Natalie Portman for Jackie, and Emma Stone for La La Land. My winner, Emma Stone. Best Actor, I have Ben Foster for Hell or High Water, Andrew Garfield nice. for Hacksaw Ridge, John Goodman for Ten Cloverfield Lane, Brian Gosling for La La Land, and Ashton Sanders for Moonlight. My winner, John Goodman, Ten Cloverfield Lane. <laughs> for Best Director, I have Damien Chazelle for La La Land, Joel and Ethan Cohen for Hail Caesar, Mel Gibson for Hacksaw Ridge, Barry Jenkins for Moonlight, and Pablo Lorraine for Jackie. My winner, Mel Gibson, Hacksaw Ridge. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <For> best- Whoa. <laughs> All right. Best film. I have five. My nominees are Deadpool, Hacksaw Ridge, La La Land, Moonlight, and Patriot's Day. My winner, no surprise if you know me, La La Land. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! Good choices. (laughs) Granted, again, there are a few films that she has not seen yet. We're working on that. I have not seen Fences yet. I have not finished Manchester by the Sea. I have not seen Hidden Figures. So this list is subject to change. Correct. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Welcome. All right. And then mine. Let's see. And I also went with five for best film. Just because um, I thought about adding in and having ten because I like that. But at the same time, I, I just felt like keeping it symmetrical, and all the categories have five. I'm so sorry for not being symmetrical. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it, Joel. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Okay, so I feel like I've seen just about everything. Uh, the only stuff, really, that I miss, and I feel horrible about it, is the foreign language stuff. Like, I just, for some reason, I have not caught up on those I have not seen The Handmaiden. I still have not seen Tony Erdman. Um, I have not seen The Salesman. Any of those. I did see Deepon, and I really enjoyed Deepon, and I even considered the actor and actress in that, and possibly even Jacques Odiard for Best Director, because uh, Deepon was really a great film. Didn't quite make my name. So what I have here to go, I have... Best of Visual Effects, I went with Captain America, Civil War. 
Deepwater Horizon, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, Rogue One, and The Jungle Book. And my winner is Deepwater Horizon. Okay, best production design, I went with 10 Cloverfield Lane, Arrival, Deepwater Horizon, Passengers, and The Witch. <laughs> yes, I went with Passengers. I picked it because of the ship. The ship is incredible. <laughs> Nothing else is. That is a hot, steaming pile of dumpster fire. But the production design is actually pretty damn good. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. Whatever. That's and fine. My winner is Arrival. That, yeah, they did such a great job on that film. But again, I, I, I really did enjoy The Witch. I, I, I think that you could tell they put a lot of thought and effort into that film going in to get that just down pat with the look and even the talk, you know, the way they spoke and everything else. So, best film editing. I went with Deepwater Horizon, Hacksaw Ridge, La La Land, Moonlight, and Patriot's Day. I picked two Peter Berg films, and I never thought I would have ever said that in a million years. Like, just ultimately it came down to those. But my winner for best film editing is Hacksaw Ridge. Um, Best cinematography... Arrival, Hacksaw Ridge, Hail Caesar, La La Land, and Silence. And my winner is La La Land. And I feel really, really, really bad about that, too, because I really, really love the work that Roger Deakins does every single time. And Hail Caesar was incredible, so mm -hmm. it's, it's a bittersweet um, victory for La La Land here. Okay, so for best screenplay, these, I, I think all five of them ended up being original ones anyway, but that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. So I went with 10 Cloverfield Lane, Hail Caesar, Hunt for the Wilder People, The Edge of Seventeen, and The Lobster. And my... Winner for Best Screenplay is Hail Caesar. Yay! That's a very clever screenplay, you know? Yeah. It's, oh, my God. Like, that scene alone when uh, Josh Brolin is interviewing the, the heads of the different uh, religious faiths, <laughs> and he's <laughs> talking to what, like, how does the Jesus character hold up? Is he offensive? And the one guy says something like, we have no opinion. For best actress, I have Amy Adams for Arrival, Jessica Chastain for Miss Sloan, Viola Davis for Fences, Natalie Portman for Jackie, and Michelle Williams for Manchester by the Sea. And my winner is Viola Davis for Fences. For best director, 
I have Damien Chazelle for La La Land, Mel Gibson, Hacksaw Ridge, Barry Jenkins, Moonlight, David McKenzie, Hell or High Water, and Denis Villeneuve for Arrival. Yeah. And my, my winner for Best Director is Barry Jenkins, Moonlight. Yes! Yeah. The way he was able to control the actors and that storyline and figure out the right ending with his editor. What? Not Damien Chazelle? I love Damien Chazelle. Look, I... I picked Mel Gibson. I... I, Yeah, you haven't even... What are you... You're you're one of judge. You didn't even pick him either. Oh, come on. Damien Chazelle will make, like, a million more films and they'll all be, like, nine or above. I mean, his next one, you know, the moon landing with uh, Neil with Armstrong. Neil Armstrong. That's going to be nominated for Best Picture. Yep. So, but yeah, I just feel like, I mean, when you think about what directing is, Barry Jenkins probably did the best job, at least of these five. I mean, he had so much to do, and he had such a small budget. It's incredible that he was able to make that film. And lastly, but not leastly, I know that's not a word. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize to all of the English teachers who may be listening to this. <laughs> I've got here Arrival, Fences, Hell or High Water, La La Land, and Moonlight. And my winner is La La Land. Duh. <laughs> Duh. Duh. <laughs> yeah, don't Duh. I, I was like... <laughs> La 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 la. Not surprised, but awesome peak too. Yeah, I feel like again, like it, it's a split year for me because both were incredible films. As was Arrival, as was Fences and Hell or High Water, and so many others. Nocturnal Animals. Like I would have loved to have nominated Tom Ford for Best Director, or uh, I mean, like you know, I mean, so many people. Could have been in there. Oh, you don't feel like that way? I don't know. I I thought Nocturnal Animals was like... How's the word you use? Uh, It wanted to be something more than it was. Like... Mm -hmm. Pretentious is the word Mm -hmm. I was looking for. Yeah. It was kind of pretentious for me. And I'm not the kind of person of of saying that of a movie because... People usually know that very quickly, but I'm I'm very slow noting that. And somehow this time I noticed it. Like, what what's the point, you know, of the movie? I was I, I didn't get it. Maybe I need to see it a second time so I can understand it better. Right. But but yeah, I I didn't like it that much as as other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so yeah, I need to give it a, sh- a second chance, but I don't think it will change much. You know, yeah, my appreciation of it the, of the first time I saw it. Mm-hmm. Well, the one film that I'm most surprised that didn't make my list is something like Silence. Like all year, okay. I thought Silence is going to be incredible, and I felt like it was too. It was like a okay. I'm the analogy is something like it was a tough nut to crack. Yep, it was kind of impenetrable. Like the film is so heavy philosophically that I don't, I don't know if it's really completely digestible. I originally originally had it in my top ten. Mm-hmm. It's still there, but 
I rem- like I move it out because yeah, it's a film I had to see a second time too. The first time I love it. Yeah. But I had to give it a second part because it's it's it, it requires it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's 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 such a long movie and everything has a point, I think. It's right. you know uh and since I was uh I was raised a Catholic mm-hmm. then I know some of the of the signs and and symbols they use what what, what it means to to my ex community because now right now I, I don't practice any religion but but I know you know I, I know by what 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 all that stuff means you know and how how important it is to to Catholics out out there so so yeah uh, uh, it's a film that requires a second viewing so so you can grasp it better you know I yeah. The first time I, I watched it, it, I I thought it was more like a battle between what should I do and what shouldn't should shouldn't you know? Right. That's what I thought. That that was the the, the fight you know between Andrew Garfield's gar, uh, character, mm-hmm. like what was right and what was wrong. You know, you had to be in the shoes of the other person so you can understand why he thinks why you think is right is wrong. You know. Uh which is something that Jesus tried to taught uh, uh, to to the Christians, you know, the 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 thing of compassion, the thing of of being uh, yes, compassion. That's that's that, that's a word, compassion, and yeah. yeah. uh, to understand what the other person is feeling without you feeling it, you know, like like be, being in their shoes so you can understand it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that that was what Martin Scorsese was trying to do with silence. So I don't know, but still I'm gonna watch it a second time to to grasp it better. But that's my conclusion for the first time I watched it. Right. Yeah, I kind of felt the same way. That yeah, it felt like it was all about inner turmoil and trying to figure out like is what he's what he's doing is worth doing. Does it mm-hmm. make sense? Like, is it worth him losing himself, uh, losing his own religion? to try and mm-hmm. help the Japanese people who may not even completely understand what he is trying to teach them. You know, especially, like, when we get to the point where we find out sort of what's going on with Father Rera. And then, you know, what he has to say about everything. And Yeah, it's, it's kind of a troubling film in a way, where it's like, oh, really? That's where we're going with this? Okay. Yeah. You know? But it, it's gorgeous film, and I get what he was going for, like you said. And I think that you can step back and at least enjoy it as kind of just being a movie. But if you're trying mm-hmm. to get deep with it, then it, it, it definitely takes more thought. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like, whoa. But on the surface, like something like La La Land or, or even Moonlight. It's it's not in the same kind of league because those are so much more accessible, you know, and they're germane to everything. And I just feel like silence. I don't know. Maybe someday we'll all get it, we'll all figure it out, and then we'll be like, oh yeah, okay, it's genius. But it was a masterpiece. It is a masterpiece. Yeah. But it takes time to to value it as what it is. Right. You know? Exactly. 
Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, I think we're trying, we're ready to, to wrap it up, aren't we? Yeah, whatever you say, man. Okay, whatever well, you say. unfortunately, uh, listeners, uh, we haven't figured out what we're doing next, so you'll just have to stay tuned. But thank you for listening, and we hope to catch you next time. I say you end it with my bye. That was cute. Yes, I think <laughs> I think we can do that. Sacred stone